Well, a lot going on here in Jackson, Mississippi, I'll tell you. Uh, for example, the, the palaces of St. Petersburg are coming. Pretty excited about that? So the Russian czarist treasures, and it's called the Palaces of St. Petersburg. It's actually an exchange program. Uh, they are sending to, uh, to Russia from Jackson the revolving tables of Mendenhall, basically. So. Well, what do you know? From the Thalia Mara Hall in Jackson, Mississippi, it's What Do You Know with Michael Feldman from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulin on piano, Jeff Eccles on bass, Clyde Stubblefield on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, author and editor Willie Morris, a living legend, blues singer and guitarist Jack Owens, and the What Do You Know quiz. Support for What Do You Know comes from Public Radio International affiliate stations and the Public Radio International Program Fund. Support for What Do You Know is made possible in part by Wisconsin Tourism and Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the city of festivals and the beer capital of the world. For statewide information about goings-on in Milwaukee and Wisconsin, it's 1-800-432-TRIP. Now, the man who says, Go Lady Bulldogs, Michael Feldman! Well, I can't earn that, so I'm going to stop right here. Very warm reception here in Jackson. Nice to be here. People are very friendly. Uh, for example, Jack Stevens. Uh, is he here? Jack sent me a little uh, gift uh, bag, of really some exotic things that I wouldn't ordinarily get while, while coming through the town, and, uh, including Sandra Bullock's motel room soap, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> from A Time to Kill. This is actually actual soap, apparently, and it's, uh, unfortunately it's not used, so it's of no value to me. <laughs> Very nice. First date facial soap. That's very good. A little gold first date there. So, Jack, thank you for that. And then someone else. Do people actually eat cheese straws? Is this... Well, it's a two-part question. Do people actually like cheese straws? Yeah. Well, you, would you eat these with something that kills the taste? Or what? I mean, like a shot of bourbon would probably do it for me. No, they're very unusual. I never heard of those before. And then someone else enrolled me in the Fruitcake of the Month Club, which I'm really happy to... <laughs> I guess this comes from Georgia, the Claxton Fruitcake. It's pretty good, but they threaten to send me one every month for the rest of my life, ladies and gentlemen, which is like 12 of them to get rid of over the years. So that's really kind of a run of a lot. A lot of rain out here, I guess. Is that typical for this time of year? We had uh, three and a half inches of rain. Yeah. Wouldn't have been so bad, but William Fulton here from the station insisted upon driving us for what seemed like hundreds of miles. <laughs> to get some, quote, real chicken, you know? I don't know what I've been eating all these years. Apparently, it was not real chicken. It was, it was pseudo, it was mock, mock chicken, possibly, like in school, you know, mock chicken legs or something. So we're on these washed-out roads driving through Rankin County, you know, I mean, the waters are rising, ladies and gentlemen, they're on a spillway, which is very encouraging, you know? Going up over Ross Barnett Reservoir, and I think he's gonna dump us. He's gonna... It's the old Yankees are here. Take them up to the reservoir. I, don't, I know you guys carry a grudge, but give me a break, really. I mean, my people were back uh, in the old country. 
So, uh, yeah, actually it's nice out there. And I, 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 what's odd about it is I was thinking about getting a couple of lots out there in Rankin County and uh, uh, right there on the floodplain, you know, it sort of changed my mind. I saw the, the markers were floating on when I... Nice little place in Pearl is what I really want there, you know, just to... Well, then you, save, you save on the wheel tax is what it is, you know. So I've been, I've been thinking this through and I'm, I'm pretty close to a decision on it. So anyhow, we had real chicken. We finally got there, and it really was a long way to, to go for real chicken. Yes, it was, yeah. into the eye of the storm. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Jim always inserts little literary things in there that we can... And it was real chicken, and the, the menu was on a, a paper bag, I thought, you know, written on a paper bag. And then, uh, right, and then they serve you your iced tea, iced tea. sweetened in the, in the mason jar. Yeah, In the quart jar, and then you can't hold on to it as your fingers get greasier, as it, so it's... <laughs> Potential. But you know they're making a million dollars and they're just being quaint for us, you know, for everything. They've got to be making a fortune in that place, you know, because people were there in three and a half inches of rain and the place was packed. So, uh, okay, but it was nice though, anyhow. I guess it's, it's like a pilgrimage, what they call out here, a pilgrimage to, to, get, to get real chicken. Well, it's nice to be here in Mississippi. You know, we, uh, we don't hear that much. We hear, uh, I think Governor Fortas has made the news up by us uh, about him, something about a Christian country or something. Uh, I don't know. Which, Christian country to me is a radio format, so I didn't worry too much about it. And... You know, all Christian, all the time, like uh, Catfish 95, my favorite station now. And, uh, great name for us. So we went to dinner last night, so what does Eccles say? The catfish, he says, now is that cat or is that fish? Uh, it's, it's typical. No wonder they were surly when they waited on this catfish. Uh, of course, they got now what they call a Mississippi miracle, so I think that's, that's good. I, is, it, is it a miracle? Though we haven't heard about this. No, it's in the news up north. They have the Mississippi miracle, apparently. And I, I don't know what I was hoping to see it. And I guess, you know, that's fine. You know, I hate to see a Republican do good, but if, it, if it's working out for you, I'm glad for you. you know. What can I tell you? Uh, and now I understand states' rights, too, since coming down here for the first time. The states' rights means they pick the wine list. Uh, they have a, apparently a state wine steward who comes around with a towel over his arm and pours the, th the, the Thunderbird for you into the glass. And you sniff it, swirl it around your mouth, spit it out, and uh, say, very nice. And then, uh, but I'm happy to say Mogan David 2020 is number two on the wine list, ladies and gentlemen. My people! It's uh, served during the Passover ceremony, as you know, the 2020 and those special ceremonies. So, uh, I, yeah, the wine laws, or the, the liquor laws, are something we've been trying to figure out here rather in a hurry. Because uh, I understand it's a dry state except where it's wet. Uh, and even where it's dry, people drink heavily, as I understand. That's pretty much uh, We don't know where they get it. And you can get the hard stuff, but they won't sell you the beer. I don't understand that at all in some, in some spots. And then, uh, but there's two places in Madison on Sunday you can now drink, so that's good. One of them is the church, unfortunately, so you can't... <laughs> I don't even know if you can swallow it there. I can swirl it around. And... So, but Mississippi is very friendly, and, uh, you know, the Civil War does not come up except after three or four minutes of conversation. So I... I was a little worried about that. I have to defend the... Uh, uh, excuse me, the, the War of Northern Aggression. I know that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I have, it happens. 
Uh, the New South, was, and of course, uh, run by uh, white Republican males, a big change from the Old South. And, Much like the new North, I might add, where we've been living. We have a Republican governor for life up in Wisconsin. He's taken over and suspended all laws. And rules by fiat. And I was trying to think, if something about Mississippi makes you want to uh, explain uh, the Northern experience. You know, because you come down here, this is the, the, the place where more great American writers and like every trend in music and every great musician of blaz, uh, from, from, from blues and jazz comes from Mississippi. So there's got to, there's something here in the soil, in the soil, in the water, or in that stuff that you drink in the dry counties. And uh, trying to figure out the difference between North and South. We never hear about the Northern experience, you know? You notice that? No one ever talks to it. I mean, we have no Willie Morris explaining the Northern experience. You know, people say, what is, it, what is the North about? And, uh, and I think one of the differences between the North and South is that we don't talk unless we have to up North. See? Uh, somebody steps on your foot, then you say something, or, you know, somebody takes your beer, or somebody pours a beer on your foot. Those are three circumstances. Down here, people are, are naturally talkative. People will, will talk and chat with you, uh, which up north is not... We're not unfriendly, it's just that it, it could be used against us in a, in a court of law. In people's court, for example, it could be used against you. Uh, we don't reveal a lot about ourselves, and never in writing. See, that's different in the north. That's totally different from, from the... For example, for a member, if we had like, like the equivalent of the Snopes family in the North, we would never write about them because we don't want people, to, that's the kind of thing we don't like to advertise. See, that's why we have no great literature coming out of Northern climate. We play them down is what I'm saying. If we have eccentric relatives, we play them down. We don't talk about them at every opportunity, you know, up North. We deny knowing them. We don't, we only go back one generation in the North, though, so it's a lot easier, so. And we just go back to that generation for blame, you know, it's like uh, uh, my father's hairline, you know, my mother's bursitis. We just go back to one generation. So we ne you never hear the phrase, five generations of Feldmans. Did you ever hear that phrase? I never did either. No, I'm not, I'm not, you know. I, we must have five generations. Down here, everyone says we have five generations of Fultons or whatever, right? I'm the fifth generation of Fultons to, to, to sit in this chair or whatever. Never hear that in the North because we live like three years in this place, you know, we never... Of course, if you're Jewish, you move around more than you would ordinarily, you know, it's, uh, maybe it's not a typical experience, but we don't have five generations of anything. So that's a little bit different. You, don't, you never hear Robert E. Lee Feldman either. And that's, uh, <laughs> Colonel Beauregard, Hack Feldman, no, you never hear anything like that. Anymore. That's the other thing, if we have nicknames in the North, we try to lose them. That's different. I mean, down here people have nicknames and they keep them their entire lives and it's kind of, you know, it's an important thing and we just try to forget about them, you know. Well, mine was nose. <laughs> so you can see why I would try to lose it. You know I mean? uh, there's no, no such thing as a, uh, a northern voice. I'm trying to think, you know, you can think of the southern voice. Eudora Welty, of course, the great writer, the southern voice. Faulkner, of course, the, the great Southern boys. Charlotte Caper is here, another great example of Southern boys. But up, up north, all we have is Garrison. He's, he's the only one who talks up there, and uh, and he makes it up. You know, it's totally out of whole cloth. We never know what he's talking about or what he's going to say next. And uh, he's, he's not typical. You know, no one else really talks about uh, things up there. And uh, 
Garrison's kind of like a cornstalk growing in a bean field, you know, it's just, uh, <laughs> how did it get there? Will it get fertilized? We don't know. It'll... So we don't have a voice, that's the other thing. I'm talking about, Willie will talk about some of this, he'll, he'll fill you up on the southern side of it, but the northern side is, there's no northern experience, no northern voice. The northern experience can be summed up in the phrase, cold enough for you? And let's face it, you can't base great literature on that, and, uh, or, you know, even a short story you probably couldn't squeeze out, a poem maybe. Northern cooking, never hear of it, doesn't exist. Northern fried chicken, you ever hear of it? No. It'll be skinless, we know that, and it'll probably simmered in a little white wine or something, but I'm fed up with it too, you know. Um, I have heard the phrase Yankee vegetables. Have you ever heard of that phrase? Those are vegetables that aren't cooked for eight hours, <laughs> minimum, to get all the life out of them, apparently. That's the thing you gotta, everything has to be the consistency of okra. <laughs> so the okra doesn't feel bad, you know, it's, I don't mean the fighting okra here, and I want you to know that, that's a separate phenomenon entirely, so. So, and we don't have fat back or pot liquor. Pot liquor in the North is pejorative. You know, call someone a, a pot liquor, it's not a good thing, so that's, And we did have a guy one time who ate a catfish up north, but people paid to watch him, so it was kind of a... Yeah. We have him. It was like, you know, more like, hey, this guy's eating the bait. <laughs> and we have a lot of corn, but no hominy up north, you know? No, we never made that leap, that evolutionary leap from corn to hominy. It never occurred to us, it's like, you know, it's like if apes, you know, if they had the opposing finger and thumb but never really made tools, you know? We, we got the corn, we have the potential for hominy, but it hasn't happened yet and it could happen within the next uh, era or the next epoch, whatever happens. We do make tools, so, so, so something for us. And uh, the other thing is, I noticed from Willie Morris and other people, we never played in graveyards as kids. I mean, here people have picnics in them and they play in them and they reunions or whatever and graveyards. And we put walls around ours and we tried to, to keep them in and keep us out. You know, it's kind of a mutual thing. So that's as best as I know the difference between the northern and the southern experience. Uh, and there's some things I'm kind of curious down here. Gam I know gambling is now a big thing in Mississippi. And uh, are you plotting that? Really? Well, it's because it, it brings in tax revenue, right? Isn't that the idea, that it fills up the coffers of the state so it's a good thing? Matter of fact, I have the figures here. It brings in $375,000 a day in tax revenue from gambling. Do you believe that? Unfortunately, un unfortunately Mississippians are losing $4.7 million a day for a net uh, gain of minus $4,325,000 a day in gambling revenues that go into the state coffers to support other activities. The upside of it is you can make it up by not letting the legislature meet. See, this is a unique idea here. Because the legislature is supposed to meet for 125 days, they've already reduced it to 97 days, and that saves $450,000. So if you reduced it, if you cut out the 97 days, you save a total of $2 million, which goes towards the gambling debt. So it, and they can just cavort there at the Sun and Sand uh, Hotel and uh, <laughs> at their own expense. Thank you very much.
biggest applause is for me. It is not for me, ladies and gentlemen. It's for Willie Morris, ladies and gentlemen, joining us right now. Willie Morris. I was going to introduce you and everything, Willie, and you just kind of upstaged me there. Michael, welcome to the great and sovereign state of Mississippi. <laughs> you bring great cheer from the, our distinguished sister state of Wisconsin, yeah. and I say, go Wisconsin Badgers. Yes, you do. <laughs> or, as we like to call it up there, Old Wiss. Oh, yes. Northwestern made the Rose Bowl. They did, but we don't care about that. I've heard about your legendary audiences, Michael. Yeah. I look around this big auditorium in Jackson, Mississippi, totally packed, and it looks to me as if you have the most distinguished assemblage of people to gather under one roof since Elvis dined alone on catfish. <laughs> <laughs> Southern catfish. <laughs> Oh, uh, Willie, it's, it's great to have you here. The new dog, which, uh, the new book, the new dog, uh, my dog Skip is the new book from Willie Morris, and that's, that's out right now. Just about out in paperback, yeah. In paperback. And, Be uh, Michael, before yeah. we begin, I've always yeah. loved live radio, and yeah. can I give you, I was a disc jockey at the age of 16 in Yazoo oh, City, that. Mississippi. Is that right? Okay. And here are our call letters. Yeah. This is radio station WAZF. 12.30 on your dial in downtown Yazoo City, Mississippi, gateway to the Delta with studios high atop the Taylor Roberts Feed and Seed Store. <laughs> and what, what, what was that format like on that, on that station? It was very loose. Yeah. <laughs> I had a show called Darkness on the Delta, and my dog Skip, I yeah. have a little scene in this book, he would come down with me, and he would uh, help me with my call-ins. So, Is that right? He was a remarkable dog. Did he, did he drive you down there himself? Or he drove me down himself. Uh, <laughs> uh, Skip was the most remarkable dog. He, he could drive a car with a little help. He uh, played football. He and I were in love with the same girl, uh, Rivers Applewhite, and Skip held the, for years the, the world record for Fox Terriers in the 100-meter dash. Yeah. 4.7 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Now, the football, what was the secret in as far as it's hard, it's hard for a dog to carry a football <clears throat> ordinarily? Uh, Skip was a single-wing formation tailback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Back then, my great idols were the Tennessee Volunteers, the Ole Miss Rebels, Mississippi State Bulldogs. And, but we had, uh, Michael, we had to tear a little part of the uh, leather strip on the football so he could carry it in his mouth. Ah. And I was the blocking back in the single wing, and he, he followed, <laughs> Skip followed me wherever I went. We would have these football games in my front lawn in Yazoo City, and we stopped traffic. Uh, and Skip would follow me wherever I went, and he would score touchdowns right and left. And one old man once shouted, look at that old dog playing football. Can he catch a pass? <laughs> <laughs> and could he? You, did, you didn't work that out, did you? I mean, it's hard for a terrier to receive. Right? I mean, he, as a receiver, they're limited. Skip was not in our pass patterns. He yeah. was basically a running back. He was back. a running back. A running yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also a pretty good Methodist. Yeah. How did, how did you know? 
because he would come down. My mother was the organist in the church, and Skip would uh, come down, and once he disrupted the service when Mrs. Stella Birdsong, who had the highest, worst high C quaver uh, <laughs> with the tenacity of a steel riveter, <laughs> and Skip and some other dogs came down. This was long before air conditioning, Michael, uh, that great desecrator of conversation that in may I say television yeah. the live writer is good on yeah, but Skip came down the um, the aisle one day with these other dogs when Mrs. Stella Birdsong hit that high C which was worse than anything that Adolf Hitler ever muttered <laughs> and started moaning and and left and we could hear him from six blocks away <laughs> but, but uh, Skip always knew where I was he could get into any place where I was he had a he was an extraordinary dog. Uh, he had the most uncanny sense of uh, ESPN. I mean, ESP. <laughs> um, he knew where I was at any given moment. And we grew up together. Uh, he was really not my dog. He was my brother. And I will say that this is the only book I've ever written that, that I genuinely enjoyed writing. Um, it was in the very process of doing it I, of course, had to revisit those childhood and boyhood scenes, which were a small southern town in the World War II era. Uh -huh. uh, it afforded me a chance to revisit those fantastic memories. And this is in, in Yazoo City? In Yazoo City, Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what Yazoo means? No, I don't. Yazoo is an old Indian word that means death hmm. or waters of the dead. So when we were playing sports in the Delta Valley Conference, people from, say, Belzona or Indianola um, or Itabina always called us Death City. Yeah. But we always whooped them. But see, that, that's the kind of reputation you want for a team, right? I mean, you, you don't want to be known as the, the fighting okra, necessarily. <laughs> that doesn't inspire fear. In well, a, in not even the thundering herd, or thundering herd. maybe the badgers. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. yeah. It has, you, so you go back to Yazoo City to this day? And yeah, regular um, basis. I, do, still I do, Michael. Oh, I relatives live, up there? Or? I live in, um, right here in the capital city, you Jackson, with my lovely wife, Joanne, who's the executive editor of the University Press of Mississippi, which... In my opinion, per capita, per capita, the University Press of Mississippi might be the finest university press in America. Mm -hmm. And Joanne's from in downtown Indianola. Yeah. Joanne is a... Now, uh, when you say Indianola, I notice there's something in your voice that... Uh, is, what, what is it about Indianola? Well, they're is Yankees. It? They're further north oh, in the okay. Delta. Okay, all right. That's right. All right. I thought yeah. something was there. Yeah. But uh, Indianola's the hometown of Craig Claiborne, the great writer for the New York Times, and B.B. King, of course. Huh. And... Um, My wife, Joanne, entered the University of Mississippi with uh, James Meredith in 1962, which I always call the last battle of the Civil War. Yeah. And um, my wife, Joanne, is, is a Chi Omega intellectual. <laughs> now, that is not an oxymoron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about them fighting okra, though, huh? Are you familiar with the fighting okra? You're a big sports fan, aren't you, in general? Yeah, what is yeah. the nickname of Marshall University? 
Don't know. The thundering herd. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The fighting you, okra at Delta State University. Did you did you play all sports yourself? No, I don't all sports. Yeah. I played so all sports. Good little baseball player. Good baseball player. Yeah, I, I was struck out four times in the Southern Finals when I was 16 in the stadium at LSU in Baton Rouge yeah. by a little left-hander named Seth Morehead, who now is a car salesman over there, who later made it to the uh, major leagues with the Cubs and the and the old Milwaukee Braves. He I struck remember, me out four times yeah. in one game, yeah. uh, but it was the first game we ever played at night. Oh, so you didn't adjust we, to that. We had never played at night, yeah, so we, yeah. we really couldn't see that curveball. Did they have lights? Or? Uh, they had lights in the Baton Rouge Stadium, but they were rather weak, and sometimes you could not tell the baseballs from the bugs. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, do you get back uh, to New York much now these days? I go back a lot. Um, what I mean, I lived in New York for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, one of my regrets is that my dog Skip never went to New York. Went I, to New York. I think if Skip had gone to New York, he would have uh, been mayor. Um, he would have beaten Ed Koch. <laughs> but uh, I, I mainly miss my friends up there. Yeah. But and, you had a dog uh, in New York, didn't you? When oh, the, I had Black Lab, yes. Pete, uh, was that anything? Pete was the mayor of Bridgehampton, Long Island. Yeah, that's right. And um, <laughs> I brought him down here. It was, Michael, it was one of the most histrionic moments in... The, the tawdry history of my life <laughs> when I persuaded my Yankee dog, Black Lab Pete, who's the mayor of Bridgehampton, to come to Mississippi. Yeah. And he finally jumped in the car with me. My son David Ray and I came down, and Pete fell in love with the South. He started eating collard greens. <laughs> uh, his favorite song was, You Ain't Nothing But a Black Lab Hound Dog. <laughs> So, do you get tired of being asked to explain the South, or what the Southern voice is, or the, uh, what, what's different about the South? Or? Well, now, what is the South? Where are we now? Is this the South? To me, this is the South. Yeah, South Milwaukee, to me, is the South. Well, um, I have an explanation about why Mississippi and the South have produced so many great writers, yeah. uh, men, women, blacks, white, and such marvelous blues musicians, and such great athletes white and black, like Jerry Rice from Mississippi Valley, Walter Payton, Brett Favre, Steve McNair, Brett Favre, Brett Charlie Favre, Connolly. I have been asked all over America, Michael, why Mississippi is so distinctive. You know, we have our failings, but we're coming along good. Uh, but why Mississippi is so artistic and athletic, and I always say there's something in the quality of two things, memory and the sour mash bourbon. <laughs> Doesn't the one affect the other? I would, I would think it would. They're all intermeshed. Yeah, I would yeah. say. They're... It's almost Old Testament in their intermeshing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that means, but... I don't either, but it's <laughs> good. Sounds good. That's Santa the main good. thing. Yes. But people do, I mean, uh, people talk here. They, do they still talk? Or is yeah. That, I mean, people sit This may be uh, the only state in the Union remaining where um, uh, people finish other people's sentences. <laughs> uh, I first met Eudora Welty, who's one of my heroines, uh, at the age of eight in the Jitney Jungle yeah. in Jackson, Mississippi. 
She was a friend of my great aunt, Maggie Harper, who never married because she was born during the Civil War period and there were no men to marry. They had been all knocked off by guys from Wisconsin. <laughs> we were still in the Ukraine, so don't look at me. The Ukraine, okay. Yeah. That's good lineage, anyway. Southern, but, southern Ukraine. But good. anyway, and Maggie introduced me to Eudora Welty in the Jitney Jungle when I was eight years old. It was during World War II. And, Jackson, Mississippi was marvelous. It was a big army base and the Dutch airmen were here. And Maggie introduced me to Eudora Welty and uh, I shook her hand. Eudora later said I had on a satyr's cap and I was barefooted. But my great aunt Maggie was about 85 at the time in an old flowing black dress. We were leaving and Aunt Maggie whispered in my ear said, Eudora Welty, she writes them stories her own self. <laughs> <laughs> So what if Faulkner had been born in Hibbing, Minnesota? Would that have changed the course of Southern literature? Yeah. No, his name would have been Garrison Keillor. <laughs> <laughs> he would have written The Sound in the Snow. <laughs> Something like that. That's a good question. I'm not being facetious. No, go um, ahead. I do it I all think, the time. you know, uh, I think great, great art, great artistic vision exists anywhere. If Faulkner had been born in Hibbing, Minnesota, yeah. he'd have written great stories. They would have been uh, different stories, but they would have been great stories with uh, a marvelous universality that with the chords of his uh, Nobel Prize speech, uh, the old enduring heart the human heart in conflict with itself. If Mr. Bill Faulkner, rather than being in Mississippi, had grown up in Minnesota, his marvelous tales of human beings um, would have been just as great, um, but they'd have been set in cold weather, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have had any mosquitoes yeah. to speak of. But would the characters have been there? They would have been there. There would have been different characters. Yeah. But um, there, there is a universality, I think, to uh, the human genius of a William Faulkner or a Eudora Welty or any of our number of our great writers, Ellen Douglas, right on down the list, Richard Wright. Um, his, his characters would have been different characters, but they would, at the same time, have meant a great deal to people in Mississippi as his characters mean to people now in in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of feeling and, and degree, I think. Yeah. And does that still exist in the South? I mean, the, all right, now the, that matter of feeling is, is kind of a Southern trait, the, the matter of, of being talkative, the matter of taking literature seriously and reading it for, for the insights it brings. I mean, does that still exist? Do we still well, have yeah, very much so. Still breeding ground very for Very much so, Michael, despite, you know, the shopping malls and the suburbia yeah. and the subdivisions without sidewalks. Um, we don't sit on the front porches anymore and tell stories and hear the old people tell stories because we're inside because of air conditioning and because of the great silencer of conversation, television. I love live radio. But um, yes indeed, the, the southern tradition of storytelling and the king James Version of the Bible and old people telling young people stories, which is really a way 
they gave us a way to see, although we didn't know it at the time. It's still very much true, I think. I, I, I hope I'm not being too sanguine. Um, I, I always consider myself, people ask me this a lot, uh, are you a Southern writer? I, I consider myself to be an American writer who lives in the South. I love the South. Um, I think we've had our problems, but we've come a long way and we will always, forever, tell stories, especially when people from Madison, Wisconsin come in. <laughs> <laughs> tell, me, tell me a story. Is that a, a contract, a short story that you could tell? An example of a... Tell, tell me one of those stories, William. An example of a story. Yeah, give me a story that, you know... Okay, uh, I'll give you a story about my dog Skip. Okay. Because it's coming out in paperback next week. And yeah. <laughs> Skip hated Adolf Hitler. Um, my story about my dog Skip is set in World War II, and Skip would listen on the radio to Hitler. Uh, this is just as World War II is about to break out, and I never knew a dog so down on Hitler. His, he would hear the Fuhrer's shrill, fiery speeches, and his old Skip's ears would, would move like miniature windmills, and he would start howling at the Fuhrer. Uh, Skip did not hate Mussolini as much as he hated Hitler. <laughs> little sorry. Right. There you go. Willie, thank you for coming. Thank you, Michael. Willie yeah. Morris, ladies and gentlemen. There's the book, My Dog Skip. Well, we never travel without these guys. Of course, you know, on drums, they're the funky drummer, Clyde Stubblefield, ladies and gentlemen. That's him. On bass, Jeff Eccles. And our leader, the erstwhile, no, that's not right, John Tooling on piano.
What do you know on PRI Public Radio International? Get down this way, I think. That's our band. John Tooling on piano. Jeff Eccles on bass. Clyde Stubblefield on drum. And they will be back. There's no way of getting here from there. How are you? Out in the audience here, I got some audience cards with me. We're looking uh, for interesting people, and I think the place is filled with them. Hi, you follow me for a reason. This is a credit company, ladies and gentlemen. It's following me here. Uh, I meant to pay that. Brendan Ross is here. All the way from Alexandria, Virginia. Where's Brendan? Probably can't reach him from here, huh? Not here. He left. He's all the way back to Alexandria, Virginia. Well, how about that? It says, uh, did you know that your pink flamingo is anatomically incorrect? I hope so. <laughs> I'd hate to think otherwise about it. Where is he? I saw him down here. Let's just say hello since we're come all this way. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Fine. And uh, do, you, do you live here now, Brendan? Uh, I live in Jackson. I work at the university, the medical center. What, the medical center? Yes. What specifically do you do there? I'm in internal medicine. Internal medicine covers a host of uh, sins. Doesn't I mean, there's a lot inside there. Any particular organs that you specialize in? No, I'm a general internist. We cover all the organs. You must have a, f you must have a favorite organ. Um, no, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to show uh, particularities. Oh, that's really interesting. So they're all the same to you, basically. Um, I treat them all equally. Nice. I don't know if I'd like that in a doctor or not. I'd like to think my organs were different at some point. Oh yes. Well, thanks for this conversation. I've enjoyed it. How would you improve that flamingo? Well, I think it was Stephen Jay Gould who pointed out that the bill is inverted; that they have the flamingo smile. You're that's that's all you meant. Well, you're well, I was worried flamingo about flamingo is frowning. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Thank you. That's all he meant. I thought it was a lot worse than that, actually. Okay, just the bill. The bill I can live with. 
Uh, Joanne Bellinger, I thought I was coming to hear Michael Feinstein. <laughs> you know, I get that all the time. I don't know what it is, you know. Where is Joanne Bellinger? Oh, you're way down there. I don't know if I can get to you, Joanne. Sorry, I'll just shout it from here. I'm not Michael Feinstein. You know that by now, right? And I'm not Marty Feldman, and I'm not... Uh... Okay. And we already covered the Garrison Keillor lack of resemblance, so that's... Let's see here. Uh, Lee Bigham is here from Little Rock, originally from Jackson. Where is Lee? Oh, okay, I think we can do Lee from here. This is a big place here. It's hard to get to people. Lee, why don't you come down here, because I can't get to you. Lee's originally from Jackson, so give him a break. So, uh, where were you born here in Jackson? Uh, the Old Baptist Hospital. The Old Baptist Hospital. How about that? Is there now a new Baptist Hospital? Yeah, they tore it down and made it a doctor's office out of it. So they just moved it across the street. Yeah. And where'd you go to school here? Uh, went to the University of Mississippi. And, and the University of Mississippi Medical Center. So. In grade school, where'd you go? I uh, went to Jackson Academy. Jackson Academy. Yeah, not too much response. And then after grade school, where'd you go? Uh, Jackson Prep. Jackson Prep. Did you ever go to a public school in your life or not? Uh, University of Mississippi's public. All right, there you go, finally, after all those years. And uh, let's see, Lee, you had a question here, I guess. Uh, why do people live in the north? No, we've been asking ourselves that question every day of our lives, especially go back, we have a foot of snow back there waiting for us. Well, you know, because, I mean, the rain goes away. The snow just seems to stay there. And the snow we get here is nice because you get it and then it goes away. Yeah. So, but it's, I mean, honestly, would you rather have heat in the summer and a winter like this or put up with a winter like you're having? You make a point. <laughs> you make a point. I made dessert on one of these trips. I was thinking about it. Possibly I could dessert and get that little place I was thinking about out in the county there. So that's a possibility. It's a good point. Have you ever, have you ever lived in the North? Oh, it's... Uh, I went, well, I actually worked at a summer camp in North Carolina. <laughs> there you go. North Carolina. Nice to meet you, Lee. You can go back to your seat now, Lee. I'm done with you. Is North Carolina in the North? I didn't realize that. I'm, I'm kind of surprised to hear that. Uh, Tim Magandy, bartender from the Iron Horse Grill, is here. And I always like to say hello to bartenders. I'm in the wrong place here, but you know, why don't you come down here? Tim will just say hello for a minute here and find out what the burning issues are at the. Have you been to the Iron Horse Grill? Never have been to the Iron Horse Grill. <laughs> Does it sound like a place you'd want to go? I probably would like to go, yes. The bartender. So you got a leg up on this already. And which helps in a bar, actually. Tim, how are you? Fine. Now, your Iron Horse Grill, what kind of crowd does that cater to? Well, the best crowd in Jackson, Mississippi, I hope. <laughs> but, I mean, is this a young bar, college bar? Uh, primarily a family bar. It's a... Not a... So you're saying the whole family can drink at the Iron Horse, Iron Horse Grill? That's, that's correct. Uh, those families must get pretty rowdy after drinking. Oh, those little kids sometimes, you get them tanked up, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, well, that's kind of interesting. How long have you been bartending? Uh, about six years. Yeah. Is there a drink that's kind of a local drink that we might not know about up, up north? Is something that you mix here? 
Well, we, uh, we're known for our Iron Horse Margaritas. Your what? Iron Horse Margaritas. What makes them different? Well, they're made at their Iron Horse. <laughs> and the entire family is drinking them. That's different. That's correct. It's just dad out there by himself, or maybe mom comes along. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, any, uh, and people now, uh, what, what's the, uh, now you must hear a lot of topics of conversation. Everyone talks to the bartender. What, what's like the, one of the burning topic now that people are talking about, the most common topic of conversation? Uh, well, this weekend, the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, and, and how are the crowds leaning there at the uh, Iron uh, Horse? Well, um, being from the South, I guess everybody's leaning towards the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Well, not everybody, apparently. Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, where is this bar so we can stop in? Well, it's just right down here on Pearl Street, 320 West Pearl Street. We're open uh, six days a week, Monday through Saturday. And uh, I'm the daytime bartender. Come up and see me at the bar anytime you want. I get the best service in the house. Tim is Magandy? Uh, Magandy. Magandy. Tim Magandy. All right. Nice to meet you, Tim. All right. Okay. Let's see now. We're going to... We're going to try a version here of the What Do You Know quiz. Now, this is going to be a little bit difficult. Where is the gentleman who has the four disclaimers? What do I do with him? Yes, sir, I need to get you down here. Uh, this tells who can and cannot participate in the quiz. As you know, it is a general knowledge quiz. Sir, can I get you just come through the row here because there's no aisle that way. Yeah. Let this gentleman through. He's a very important individual. We'll just kill time to get you. How are you, sir? I'm fine. And what's your name? Jim. Jim Lambert. leave it at Jim, what do, you, what do you do here in town? I'm a client manager. Okay. Well, I want to talk to you about it because I tripped on the way getting up the stairs. <laughs> I noticed that. What's that worth? About twenty-five thousand, I would think. Well, it looks rather open and obvious to me. Open and obvious. <laughs> These guys always got a phrase for everything. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes, and you, of course, are Frank Haddon. Frank will do the four disclaimers if you would. The four disclaimers. Number one: All questions used on what do you know have been painstakingly researched, although the answers have not. Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. Number two, where do you go to church? <laughs> Number three, persons employed by the International House of Radio or its member stations are lucky to be. So I wrote that by hand there. Lucky, lucky to be. Are lucky to be working at all, let alone tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. Listeners who have won before should sit on their hands and let somebody else have a chance for a change. Number four, all opinions expressed on what do you know are well reasoned and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of the International House of Radio, its member stations, or lackeys. Anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. Well done. Thank you very much. Those are the rules. Now let's see the hands of those who would like to try the method. What do you know quiz? As you know, it is a general knowledge quiz. Chance for you to win fabulous prizes simply for knowing what you know. Yes, this gentleman over here in the black coat. Yes, the black coat. Best sweater vest. Come down here if you would, sir. Yes, this is your lucky day. How are you? Hi. Nice to meet you. Who are you? My name is Vic McTeer. Vic, are you from here? I'm from uh, Greenville. From Greenville. Oh, you're the guy shouting Greenville over here. Vic, give me one good reason why you should play the What Do You Know quit. I came all the way here from Greenville to be here. All right. It's a reason. Come on up and join me on the stage here, Vic. Walk right this way if you would. Here, 
Vic, tell me about yourself. What do, you, what do you do these days? I practice law. You practice law. Well, that stops the conversation, Dad, doesn't it? <laughs> you always hope for the best, and then they say they practice law. And so what, what kind of law do you do? I do insurance defense and product liability There defense. you go. See? <laughs> Stop twice. What can you say about product liability? Now, which side are you on in product liability? The product or the liability? Uh, I do the product. Yeah. So if I get my hand caught in my toaster, would I come to you, that sort of thing? Or, no. Or you defend the toaster? I defend the toaster. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and a fine toaster, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> what I did was not reasonable and prudent or something. Sticking my hand in the toaster, I should have known better. It was all my fault entirely. Uh, Vic, are you a family man? You, yes, right? I am. My son is out there. That's your son? Marcus. Hey, Marcus. How you doing? <laughs> And uh, just the one boy? No, I have a daughter. She's a Spelman, Heather. She's, and my, my yeah. wife, uh, yeah. Dee, is listening on the radio in Greenville. All right, Dee, how you doing? <laughs> nice to talk to you. And so, uh, now, you came all the way to Jackson just for the show? Yeah. So you've listened to this for a number of years? Yeah. And you're here anyway? Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, I'm impressed. Well, I didn't know you were, you know, as, as small as you are. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to disappoint you, Vic, really. It kinda... I would have been bigger had I known I was going to meet you. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Someone out there calls and gets to play along with you in this quiz. You're familiar with this format, so you know what goes on here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Jim, what number do they call here? That number is 601-353-0710. What was that? 601-353-0710. Is it an easy way of remembering that? That would be 601-EEK-0710. Yeah, that's easy. 601-303-353-353-353-0710. Okay, that's the number to call. Here's the question you can answer. You play along here with Vic, who thinks I'm small. <laughs> this is the biggest I've ever been, too, Vic. I mean, that's the most amazing thing. Uh, here's the question. What begins in the lobby of a Memphis, Tennessee hotel and extends south to the Gulf of Mexico? If you know, give us a call here. What's that number again, Jim? It's 601-353-0710. Okay, that's the question, and you may be familiar with that quote. A very famous quote, actually, so you, you probably know it if you're from around here. And let's uh, go to the phones right now. Here is Alan from Jackson. Hi, Alan. How are you? How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Yourself? Doing fine. Yeah, what you got planned for your day? Uh, not a whole lot. Oh, really? That's why you have time for this, I guess. That's huh? right. <laughs> uh, do you know you're familiar with this quote, Alan? What begins in the lobby of a Memphis, Tennessee hotel and extends south to the Gulf of Mexico. Well, I'd like to say something like the Mississippi River or Highway 61, but I, I doubt that that would work. Well, what would you really like to say then? <laughs> I know you're testing the waters here, Alan. We need an answer from you, though. Uh, I have no idea. I have no idea. No, I'm sorry, that's not the answer, Alan. <laughs> thanks for trying, though. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks for calling. With having no idea, that's a good idea. Uh, let's see if Brian in New York City knows the answer. Brian? Yes. You probably heard this quote in New York quite a few times. Uh, not exactly. Okay. Any idea what begins in the lobby of a Memphis uh, hotel and extends south to the Gulf of Mexico? Something very long. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. That was a big help. Okay. I guess that was not the right answer. Let's go to uh, Dennis in Greenville. 
Hey, Dennis, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm fine. You know Vic here? I don't know Vic, but uh, I've heard you because I went to school in Madison. Oh, you did. And what are you doing in Greenville now? I work for a TV station. Oh, that's great. Dennis, what does this quote refer to? Well, I'm not positive. My guess would be Southern hospitality. <laughs> well, that's a nice answer, but it's wrong, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I tried. It's, it's even more obvious than that, so, but thank you for trying. Okay. Okay. Okay, I thought this is a very familiar quote. Well, everybody here knows, of course, heard it many times. Uh, from Madison, uh, Madison, Mississippi. Hi, Kit, how are you? Good, how are you? Kit, what's the answer? I thought it was something about that uh, march against fear or something. It went from Memphis to somewhere else. Wasn't that it? Uh, no, I'm afraid it's not the march against fear. I fear not. Oh, well. Okay, thanks, Thank Kit. You. Okay, this is it, though. This person has it from Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, it says McNair here. McNair, is that right? Yeah. Hi, how are you? Fine. Uh, you know the answer? Has anybody said the Mississippi River yet? Yeah, the river came up, I know, kind of obliquely, but uh, you, it, that's not it, though. How about uh, the, the, duck, uh, the duck walk out of the, uh, I don't know, that, what's that hotel, the Peacock Hotel in there in Memphis? <laughs> the duck walk out of the Peabody Hotel. No, I don't, that's not it either, but that, those are two very good guesses. So. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Not really, but, you know, i got to make the guy feel good. He was just a, Doug in Jackson. We're going to run out of time in this hour trying to get the answer to this question, but that's okay. Uh... Doug, are you there? Scott. Scott? Yeah. Do you want to call yourself Scott? Doug, Scott, whatever. Okay, Scott. We'll call you Scott if you prefer that. What begins in the lobby of Memphis Hotel? Extends to the Gulf of Mexico? Uh, maybe the Delta? Can we accept that? Yeah. All right, well, this actually refers to Mississippi. It was the definition that, that Faulkner himself gave to the state of Mississippi, but we will accept... It's not... The Delta. Yeah, you, you said Mississippi begins in the lobby of a Memphis, T Tennessee hotel and extends south to the Gulf of Mexico. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. We'll accept the Delta, though, because that, uh, geographically speaking, is more accurate. He <laughs> did. Look it up. I'm telling you. I... Doug. Oh, Scott. Scott. Okay. We had you down here with Doug for a minute here. Scott, Scott, uh, what, what do you do these days? I am a market analyst for MCTA. And, but what does that mean that you do these days? I um, plan rate plans and advertising promotions to get people to use our cellular service. Oh, I see. It's a cellular service. Okay, now I got you. Scott, this is Vic. Hey, hey Scott. Vic. He defends toasters in court. <laughs> or any sort of product, product uh, liability. You we all need defending. Yes, we do. But unless if you're a product, you do. Uh, the rest of us have no legal representation whatsoever, but the products are well represented. Are the two of you work as a team? Familiar with that uh, concept? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. The only problem is we have no time, so we're sorry, you guys. <laughs> I want to thank you for being here, but we're a little bit short on time right now. What we're going to do, actually, is uh, delay the start of the quiz, so we're going to start you guys at the top of the next hour. Uh, we get the quiz because we don't want to squeeze in. I will uh, titillate you by offering the first uh, category here. Um, Scott, you pick the first category from one of these. Current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. What would you like? Current events. Current events. This is the question that we will lead off this quiz with. Uh, right out of the news, the problem with this is, the problem is you could put on a lot of fake fat. What am I talking about in the news currently? That is the question. We won't ask you to answer it right now. We want you to think about that. The problem is you could put on a lot of fake fat this recent development that is in the news. Hey, Think about it. it now? Think about it for just a moment. We're going to come back to this quiz in just a moment. So stay right where you are.
Tickets are still available for our February 17th broadcast from the Akron Civic Theater in Akron, Ohio at 216-945-9400. What do you know, we'll also be on the road on Saturday, March 23rd at the Soldiers and Sailors Hall in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Tickets are on sale today at 412-396-5481. Support for today's broadcast of What Do You Know is provided in part by the Mississippi Division of Tourism. For travel information on the South's warmest welcome, it's 1-800-WARMEST. What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International, Michael Feldman, Producer International. Public Radio International.
From Thalia Mara Hall in Jackson, Mississippi, it's What Do You Know with Michael Feldman from PRI, Public Radio International. That's John Tulin at the piano, Jeff Eccles on bass, Clyde Stubblefield on drums, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, humor columnist and personal trainer Jill Connor-Brown, blues singer-guitarist Jack Owens, and the What Do You Know quiz with Vic and Scott. Support for What Do You Know comes from Public Radio International affiliate stations and the Public Radio International Program Fund. Support for What Do You Know is made possible in part by Wisconsin Tourism and Hayward, Wisconsin, home of the Fishing Hall of Fame, where you can stand in the jaws of a four-story high muskie. For statewide information about fun in Wisconsin, it's 1-800-432-TRIP. Now, the man that even his ingrown toenails is on the outside of his shoes, Michael Feldman. Vic, can I offer you a cheese straw? No. No. Uh-uh. Not your favorite food here? Okay. No. All right, I'm trying to get rid of these. Because they're smelling up the hotel room, frankly. And I, <laughs> driving me crazy. We're on the line here with uh, Scott uh, from Jackson. Scott, you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. And, of course, Vic uh, joined us here in, this, in the uh, auditorium. And we're just on the verge here of our first What Do You Know quiz. Running a little bit late here, but that, we'll, we'll get to it. Don't worry about it. The question, as you heard earlier, was, uh, what begins in Noah? In the lobby of a Memphis hotel. Uh, the problem is you could put on a lot of fake fat uh, with this uh, new development. I am uh, talking about something. The question is, what is it, Scott? It seems like you know. Uh, I think it is a Lestra. Scott, you hit it right on the nose. A Lestra, and, and, and what is that, uh, Scott? Uh, I, I don't know if it's synthetic or not, but it's supposed to be able to. You can still fry food. You just won't get the fat, fat grams of calories from it. This new fat substitute's been approved by FDA. Go along with that, Vic. You sure about this? Uh, Scott can't see this, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to be now buying stock in the corporation. This is the thing that gives you diarrhea for eating corn chips, basically. <laughs> Think of the product liability here, ladies and gentlemen. What a wonderful development for Vic. That's right, Alestra. It's like a fake fat, basically. That's right. An oil, I guess. So, so Jim, that would be... That'd be one right okay, and no you're wrong. On, you're on the track to success here. Over, over to you, Vic, for one of these. People, places, school, science, or odds and ends? Um, odds and ends. Odds and ends. It is. All right. Were he true to his field of study at Mississippi State, instead of writing or lawyering, John Grisham would do what? He would probably have been a state legislator. That's true, but we're looking here for what his, his degree was, in other words. If he was true to his degree or his field of study at Mississippi State, actually, you know, before he went into law, before the legislature, he studied what, basically? He went back and just argued a, a law case here, but uh, he really should go back and do what if he was using his, his degree from Mississippi State? Uh, any ideas, Scott? Uh, gee, I graduated from there. I shouldn't have. Uh... <laughs> I think it's either political science or business. Any idea, Vic? Oh, please, um, please, please don't shout things out, friends. This is it. <laughs> we know you don't like to be up um, here answering, but... Political science or uh, business, he, he, he writes uh, to, English. To, I'll go with political science. Um, actually, it's accounting. His degree oh was in God, accounting. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, he should be doing your taxes, ladies. You should come back here and do your taxes. Uh, little known fact, I guess. Uh, 
I thought it was widely known. Uh, Jim, what's That's the score? Uh, one now? right and one wrong. Okay, don't panic. You still got, uh, what, three more chances to get two more to right? Two more right. Yeah, so this it probably will happen. Re very rarely that it doesn't. Uh, way, Scott, to, uh, way to lay the pressure on us. Yeah, man. no, I don't mean It's almost impossible to lose, but I don't really want to panic you at this point. It has happened. Scott, uh, one of these. People, places, school, or science? Um, people. People it is, all right. All right, is it 97 out of 100, 98 out of 100, or 99 out of 100 people in Jackson do not read the Sunday New York Times? <laughs> Gee. Uh, I don't know about you, Scott. I go with 99. <laughs> 99 is right. Yes! <laughs> Scott, unless you disagree, I guess I should have... Uh, no, I was thinking 99 myself. Okay, 99. <laughs> All right. And uh, Jim? Two right and one wrong. Right, where's the one person who reads the Sunday New York Times here? Oh, there he is. Right there. Gentlemen, <laughs> in the 16th row back there. Uh, two right and, and one wrong. Okay, excellent. So you get this one right and you've won the quiz. Uh, and uh, what remains, Jim? Places, school, or science? School. School it is. Okay, what's wrong with this sentence? I attended William T. Sherman Elementary School in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> Talk it over now, Vic and Scott. I, I wouldn't believe there is a school by that name in Jackson. I'll go with Scott on that one. That's right. It should be Milwaukee, Wisconsin, because that's the school I went to. Sorry. So you've won the quiz. Yeah! What a guy. Nice going, Scott and Vic. You've won some fabulous prizes, and here they are. Scott, you've won dinner for two at the Suave and Urbane Bravo Italian Restaurant and Bar of Highland Village here in Jackson, Mississippi. Vic, you'll enjoy reading not one but two books by Willie Morris. After all, it's only a game with artwork by Lynn Green Root and the courting of Marcus Dupree, both from the University Press of Mississippi. And each of you will perk up your palate in a southern manner with a bottle of the Boss of Sauce, spicy southern-flavored salsa from Big Dick's down in Gulfport, Mississippi, plus... A copy of Michael Feldman's Thanks for the Memo is from Peterson's Paysetter Books. Congratulations. Cleaned up. Vic did a great job. Scott, hang on for just a second. Make sure you get that stuff. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Tickets are still available for our February 17th broadcast from the Akron Civic Theater in Akron, Ohio. 216-945-9400. And what do you know will be on the road on Saturday, March 23rd at the Soldiers and Sailors Hall in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Tickets on sale today at 412-396-5481. Thank you, Jim. You know, uh, think, one of the things you think of about Mississippi is the blues, the Delta blues. Uh, the fact that the blues is probably the most original American music form and influenced the entire world, as a matter of fact. And, the, and the, one of the greatest practitioners of that style of music, the blues, is Jack Owens. He's from uh, Bentonia, Mississippi. has a completely unique style, a Bentonia style. It's kind of unique because it does so many unusual things. But it's a, he said about himself, he plays nothing but the blues. Would you welcome, please, Jack Owens.
that's beautiful. Jack Owens, and that's, uh, it's, you know what that reminds me of? It's kind of like uh, the Hubble telescope, and you see back to the beginnings of time and space, and it's like, uh, when Jack sings, it's like seeing back to the beginnings of uh, American music, you know, when the whole, that whole, where the blues began. And there's a... Uh, There is a, a, a record I'll refer you to. It's called uh, Jack Owens and uh, Eugene Powell. And that's called The Last Giants of Mississippi Blues. Right? And, that's a, and that's a CD. It's an album it, that it is available. It's on Wolf Records. Uh, and uh, here's it. I'll give you a P.O. Box. P.O. Box uh, 375 in Vienna. And, uh, and, Ash, and if you read, read the Living Blues, too, if you want to know more about this. And that's a good clue as to uh, the blues music. And Jack, and can we ask you to do another one? Yeah. If you like doing another tune? Yeah, can you do one more for us? Oh, do another more? Do another song for oh, us. Yeah. We got you here. We're not going to let you go with just one tune. Here's Jack Owens once again.
Jack Owens. That's Jack Owens, ladies and gentlemen. Jack Owens. Thank you, Jack. Great to have you here. Thanks for playing for us. Jack Owens, ladies and gentlemen. Terrific. Once again, uh, there's CD Jack Owens and Eugene Powell, so you can look at Wolf Records is the label. And uh, I also recommend Stackhouse Records, by the way, and uh, in Oxford, is that right? Stackhouse? Is that fair to say? Clarksdale. Clarksdale, excuse me. Clarksdale, that's right. What am I thinking? Clarksdale, only the home of the blues. Where am I? What's the matter with me? In Clarksdale. Well, good. Check out Stackhouse. You'll enjoy that, too. And now, here's a young woman who appears to be a, an interesting woman. Not just visually, but I mean in a lot of senses here. We've got Jill Connor Brown joining us right now. She is a columnist and a physical trainer, I understand, too, which is kind of interesting, you must admit. Uh, and Jill, nice to have you with us here. Nice to be here. Now, you know, I've read some of your earlier work, and it's pretty far-out stuff. There are some of the columns you used to do under a, what was it, a phony name that you used? Uh, Betty Fulton. Betty Fulton. Mm -hmm. There was no Betty Fulton. Well, yes, there's a Betty Fulton. Betty Fulton is a sheep. Betty Fulton is a sheep? Um, Father Guido Sarducci, Don Novello, yeah. put out uh, a book called the Shellville High School Annual, in which it's just like a high school annual, but everybody in it is a sheep. And uh, <laughs> my sister, um, Judy, who's listening in New Orleans as we speak, gave it to me one year for Christmas. It's still one of my favorite things. It's, um, Betty Fulton was, of course, everything. Um, it had... Just like a high school annual, it had the, the, the faculty sitting in the lounge smoking, but they were sheep, and they were all different sheep, and the freshmen were all little bitty sheep, and um, they had the clubs, school clubs. Um, I, no, I forget what I asked you, to tell you the truth. Is this, Betty how Fulton, does this tie into you your You asked career? about Betty Fulton, Betty Fulton, and I'm telling you about okay. Betty right. Fulton. Right. <laughs> She was a sheep. That's where she came from. <laughs> That's what you started out saying, you know, and, I, and, I, and we're back to the same point it. now. She yeah. was a sheep. Okay. And she was kind of the, uh, your, uh, the front piece or the, the, uh, the, uh, the front for this columnist, which covered a lot of topics. And now they got right. you doing personal fitness or something. Well, I am a personal trainer. You are? Uh, sometimes. Mostly I'm a shepherd. I, I do. <laughs> we come back I to keep, the sheep thing. I, it's the sheep. It's kind the of the sheep motif was, is yeah. for my life. But yeah. the... Um, and keep people from hurting themselves with weights. Well, where did the sheep, where, where, where does the shepherd come in? Though? I just herd them around in the weight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> people are sheep to you, in other words. Some. Oh, all right, okay, all right, all right. And uh, so personal training, but the, your original topics covered, ran the gamut. Do they, they you, do you feel a bit narrowed okay, down well, now in speaking just about personal training? Because oh, you no, seem to have a wide no, range of well, interests. Betty Fulton was a whole yeah. different... Betty Fulton was in the Diddy Wah Diddy, which was a newspaper that we uh, put out. Yeah. Thank you. So that's not um, the daily paper here in Jackson? No. It's not the Jackson uh, Diddy Wah Diddy? I now write... No. no. I write... Uh, <laughs> For the... Uh, <laughs> we'd be better off. But... Uh, <laughs> I did... Uh, <laughs> I did... Uh, I write, I, I write a column under one of my other names, yeah. uh, J.C. Brown, for the Clarion Ledger that's in the sports section. Yeah. And, now, how and often are you in there? Because I look for week, it. On Mondays. 
on Mondays. Every week on Mondays. Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm looking for it on the wrong days. And I write, uh, I write Betty Fulton now for the Mississippi Business Journal. Yeah. And I get letters all the time from people because I've never had a job <laughs> saying, you know, why are, are you in this paper? I read it first, but why yeah. are you in here? Yeah. Uh, because I just make up stuff to, to write about. I don't. <laughs> in your personal training? Whatever's, no, no. Betty but, Fulton has nothing to do with, you're really having a problem with it. Betty Fulton has nothing to do with personal training. And she no longer exists. Yes, she exists. She does exist. She exists. I write Betty Fulton once a week for the Mississippi Business Journal. She's in the business journal now? Yes. Isn't she in the wrong place? I mean, that was a pretty no. far out column. No, so um, the people who uh, originally started the Mississippi Business Journal were Betty Fulton fans, and they came to me oh. um, while the ditty was still being published and said, would you write for the, for the journal? And I said, well, yeah, but I've never had a job. And I said, no, we want you to do Betty. And I said, fine, I will write for anybody who will pay me. <laughs> so now uh, you're, you're a native uh, Jacksonian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's not fashionable to like it here if you're from here. Yeah. But I do. You do like it here. I do. Mm -hmm. Is, uh, you're always supposed to be on your way somewhere like else. Like you want Colorado is a real popular destination. Oh, okay. So you're one of the few who likes it here and you've stayed like here all your life and mm -hmm. you're, you're raising a child here? And yes, I have an eight year old. Oh, she'll be eight years old tomorrow, Bailey. Yeah. Eight. My daughter. Mm -hmm. They say eight years old is when kids start getting actually self conscious about what other people are thinking of them. So that's supposed to be the phase. I hope I've taught her better than that. <laughs> you mean she started earlier, or she's not so no, conscious? No, to not all? care what other people are thinking. Really? Can you instill mm -hmm. that in a child? Well, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm totally self-conscious, so I think I'm trying to pass it on to my. Be self-conscious about everything, even what I'm saying right now. <laughs> I'm so aware of what I'm saying right now that I can hardly well, finish the sentence. Well, uh, just we're stop. We're different. Just stop. We're different people. <laughs> And, uh, and now, so tell us about, uh, we really don't know about Jackson. I mean, where do people hang out? What do they do here? What's, what's unique to the town? And well, we go to Hall and Mouse. Hall and Mouse. Yeah, I was there yesterday. Yes. And had a shrimp po' boy, I hope, with some comeback sauce on it. No, I was afraid to ask for it. <laughs> I don't think I want comeback sauce on my... It's good. You put it on the shrimp po' boy and, and you, it runs down your arms. Yeah. What is the comeback sauce? That's the, the, it's good. It's good. Is that that Thousand has, Island stuff they put in a jar and it they has, say it's, But it has a whole lot of garlic in it. That's the difference. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the mm -hmm. attitude they were talking about. Okay. Yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. attitude. And have you been to, to uh, Mendenhall where they have the revolving tables? Is that a, I grew up going to Mendenhall yeah. eating at the round table. Um, people who don't know what that, explain them what that eating experience is. Well, it's uh, in the old Mendenhall Hotel yeah. and in the lobby they have uh, a I guess it's a coat rack. It's a, um, a deer head, and, and then it has all the little deer feet, or you know, for the for the coat hooks. It's kind of creepy. And then they have a lot of um, of um, bass fishing is real big in in Mississippi, and they have a whole lot of bass mouths <laughs> that are mounted. I mean, like row after row of them. So it's popular to go and have your picture made sitting on the couch <laughs> under the bass mouths, going. <laughs> she threw her head back and her mouth was open. Those of you at home probably didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, it, so. it's a, not a radio thing. Yeah. But, um, but I enjoyed it from here, frankly. And then in the ladies' room, uh, the ladies' room is, is blue downstairs, and it has a bathtub in it. And I've always <laughs> wanted to go and have lunch and take a bath. But the, um, the, the food is... Oh, the food. There is the food there, food too. I thought it's incredible, and it, it's, worth, it's worth the drive down there. Um, and this is, you don't have to get up because it's... huge, huge round tables that are Lazy Susans. They go around, and they will bring out food till 
you know, you can't eat anymore. Yeah. And they have great, they have really good fried chicken with the skin on, thank you very much. Yeah. And I, which I is the best part. Yeah, it is. I agree. Totally. And uh, they have good chicken and dumplings. All yeah. their food, their desserts are not good. But um, oh dear, they're not. Let's not be too honest. But shall um, we? Their, their desserts are lacking. But I usually yeah. make chocolate stuff for dessert, and we take that in the car just to protect supply. You're an unusual person. Have you been told that? Before? <laughs> now, if you're sitting there at the at the Mendenhall, and and what you want is on on the opposite side of the wheel, are you allowed to give it a spin, spin it and around. Spin? Yeah. yeah. What mm -hmm. if someone is reaching for something at that time? And, it's every man that, for himself. But it is. <laughs> okay. It's like 40 people sitting around this wheel, yeah. though. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Three or four tables. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's kind of an interesting thing. Is that the most unique place uh, around here, as far as uh, eating? It's one or? of the best places. Yeah. 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 Um, some friends of mine came through uh, on their way from New York to California, Alan and Trey. And uh, so we had to immediately go there. And they like to take pictures of their food. <laughs> I'm not sure why, but uh, I get, and they send me pictures from their vacations uh, of their food. <laughs> and so they had purchased uh, a You're video camera. You're lucky to camera. have friends like that. Really. <laughs> a lot of people don't. Two in a million. And yeah. they had um, purchased a video camera for the, the, the trip to record all their food, food in live action shots. And so we put the video camera on the, the revolving table. <laughs> and it would go around, it was sort of pointed down, so it would, it would get either people's food or their chest, unless they would, they would get down like this to be, and it was the best thing in the whole movie. <laughs> what about, uh, I know there's casinos are springing up all around uh, Mississippi now. Do you, yeah. do you uh, indulge at the casinos, part well, of that I, life? I have been once. Um, my friend Donna Sons, yeah. who's a sweet potato queen, and who, oh, Don, yeah, I met which Donna. we will talk about yeah. uh, shortly and at great length. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> guess again. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I'd vote for you, I guess, if I was voting right now. But. Yeah, my money's on me. But um, Donna and I went, uh, made a, a, a trek to the uh, casinos in Vicksburg one night, and our, our friend Fran had told us which one to go to. She said all of the, the best people would be at this one. And I we were not like dressed up or we were just like normal um, and but the crowd response to us as we walked through was like we were like movie stars like the crowd parted <laughs> where we went and we finally determined that we were the only two people there who had all our teeth <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so um, we did go to, they did have a good buffet. With, like, we ate all of the au gratin foods on the buffet. And, um, but we, we didn't manage to, put, we were so um, disoriented by um, the people with no teeth that we, <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we, we didn't play one slot. <laughs> we, nothing, we just walked through. <laughs> yeah. So that's your only experience? That was it. They told me to ask about the casinos that and that was it. The only time... I, you had, I had, been you had teeth and they didn't. That was it totally. <laughs> it was, uh, and we were all very put off by it, but yeah. I had been in casinos on ships before where everybody was really well-dressed and tan and polite. And, you know, um, so I was not prepared for <laughs> people spitting. <laughs> and, uh, we didn't do that either. So that set us apart from the yeah. crowd. And do you have do you have a cabin out at the uh, Neshoba County Fair? I stay uh, fair? at the Perry Cabin. The Perry in Cabin. Happy Hollow, oh. not to be confused with the Perry Cabin in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Pippa Perry is standing, waving frantically oh, yeah, over Pippa. here. 
That's the drunk woman I met last night. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Figures you guys would know each other. Pippa is worry. also a sweet potato queen, which we're ah, getting to. I don't think so. And yes, we are. We are. And um, so Lala is Pippa's mother, and uh, the Pippa's cabin in Happy Hollow is the Democratic headquarters for the, the Perry family. And the Pete and Alice, who are up in Beverly Hills, are the Republican faction of the Perry family. Oh. And ne'er the twain shall meet. But um, yes, we go to the Neshoba County Fair every year, and it's. Um, there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's hundreds and hundreds of shacks, two-story shacks on uh, on the fairgrounds. Yeah. And and you go last week of July, first week of August when it's nice and hot, <laughs> and stay in an unair-conditioned um, shack. Yeah. For a week. And <laughs> where's, where's the entertainment? We don't know why. That, we thing. don't know why we do it. But um, well, you eat a lot yeah. uh, and talk a lot and drink a lot and bet on the horses. Yeah. And, and this, these cabins are like things that you inherit or something. I mean, it's, oh, it's, uh, it's almost cost, impossible to get a cabin. You know, uh, one of these shacks is thirty dollars or $40,000 really? if you can get one. You know, if it comes and it's up. just so for the fair? You just stay in them during that's the fair? It, that's it, just for this week. Uh-huh. And uh, so you have to be nice when you go that you don't get kicked out of the cabin, you know, where you stay. Yeah. Because um, there's, there's no getting another one. Yeah. So you should know Pippa and and Lala. Pippa and Lala. Yeah, mm -hmm. way to go. And then, uh, right, let's talk about this uh, sweet potato thing. Here. Yes, let's. Since I know you've been dying to do it. Well, normally, this is, uh, normally when, when I am, as, as a sweet potato queen, like when I came out on the stage, what would have been appropriate is for the band to play the 20th Century Fox Fanfare. Do you know that? Okay. Okay. And there are queens here. <laughs> and there are the sweet potato queens, ladies and gentlemen. Including Pippa. Yes. All right. Sit down, will you, please? Thank you very much. Good. I guess that explains that pretty well. Anyway, yeah, well, I was kind there, of wondering what that there was are more about. of us. These are just, this is the local, this, local faction. Now, there's mm -hmm. that, this is not to be confused with the, with the sweet potato festival. No. Uh, that's held elsewhere in the state. In Vardaman, which is the sweet potato capital yeah, of the world. You are more or less an ad hoc uh, group of, of yes. women who... Uh, and, and what is... What is I'm self-appointed, and then I pick these ladies. Yes. <laughs> it's, is it kind of like a... So it's like a, it's, a, it's much better than any... We, we love pageants, but um, it's much better than anything, any pageant, because this, this is for life. Uh, <laughs> you know, you cannot be deposed. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been fascinating talk with you, and I wish we had just a little more time to figure out what was going on well, here. I but do have a picture for you. You brought something with you. I brought, I brought props. Uh, this is a picture of the Sweet Potato Queens in full regalia. Do we mention this is radio? I don't think we well, did. This is we just we should you. have made that as a point. And you can read oh, this is where we autographed it. Isn't that cute? They're somewhat enhanced on this photograph, aren't they? <laughs> Their secondary characteristics are somewhat enhanced on this, I noticed. <laughs> Are those primary characteristics? And there's forget. A, we have postcards, sweet potato queen postcards. Oh, thank you very much. There you go. Queens of the jungle. This is your float, or this well, is your from, performing? There's a different theme of the parade every year, and uh, one year it was Elvis, and we built. We love to come out of things. We built a giant Elvis head that would hold eight of us in these costumes inside the head, and the face would open, and yeah. we would come out to the 20th Century Fox fanfare. <laughs> You need some horns, guys, but... Yeah. Um, <laughs> no well, they have them, believe me. 
Jill, I want to thank you for being here. Jill Counter Brown, ladies and gentlemen, you can read her in the Clarion Ledger and in the business paper. And she's very fit, isn't she? You gotta admit. How about that? Well, what a lot of fun. I'm nonplussed. I don't have a chance to go through my cards, and I'm still reeling from that experience. But we're going to go in the audience here and say hello to people, because that's the least I can do. Otherwise, you have a big gap in the format here. That's one of the things. Yes, what is it? What is it? What? Well, here, come here. Come here. What is this? Oh, no, don't give me this now. You prepared for this. I did. Yes. I was born in Milwaukee. Yes. You have to read number eight. Uh, when I moved here, people would look at my last name, and instead of saying, oh, I knew your mama from... Memo. Memo. Yeah. Memo from up in the Delta. Yeah. They would just ask, where are you from? Very good. <laughs> I'll come back this way, I promise. Oh, okay. no, Yeah, real, really good. Whoa, she has prepared material. That's bad. Hi, how are you? Did you want to say hello? Yes. Um, I think your applause sign, when he pushes down on it, it goes off. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> Jim's been running the applause sign backwards. So... If you're wondering about audience response today, you know, response when nothing was happening and no response when something was happening, it's because the sign, you've been running the sign backwards. These people Jim. need no prompting. Yeah. Yeah, see, the sign's off. The sign is off now. Yes. Hello to someone. To who? To Mark, my favorite ornithologist. Saying hello to an ornithologist. Okay, I'll leave. That's your little, you want to see what your name is so we can... My name is Amy. Amy, saying hello to her ornithologist. So that's always a good thing. Hey, really good to see you again. Glad you stayed. Ryan, she's right behind you there. You should talk, really. Maybe you can figure out what she was saying. Yes. Michael, you bumped me from your show in August. Oh, you know, I'm sorry about that. Now you're, uh... I'm Vernon Chadwick, and I direct the Elvis conference at Ole Miss. Vernon, sorry about that, really. We were going to do you, but what was it, uh... Melville and Elvis, I think, was your topic, and we thought it was a little heavy for our audience. Yeah, it might have been, but uh, your, your humor is very intelligent, so I was going to try to match wits with you. Yeah, okay. Well, you would have won, and I would have felt bad, and would have resented you this way. You carry the resentment, so it works out. But nice to meet you, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of Elvis and Melville, and a lot of Melville and Elvis, and all together it comes out Melvis. I'm very happy. Hi, how are you? Hi, Michael. I'm Dwayne Hurt. My son, Matthew, is an exchange student in Germany, and you're his very favorite radio DJ. Yeah. And uh, I just want to get this on tape so he can eat his heart out and know I saw you and talk to you. Well, you know, we're on now in Germany, actually. The satellite, we're available in Germany if you have a satellite, so tell him that. Well, he may be eating his heart out right now. Yeah, it should be. Even as we, in real time, that would be great. Nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. Hi, sir. How are you doing? How are you doing, Michael? I'm good. What's your name? Jim Goodman. Jim, what do you do these days? Well, I'm a retired medical illustrator. A medical illustrator. So you drew all those uh, wonderfully anatomically correct calendars that doctors get? Yeah, sometimes we have uh, specials on livers and spleens. <laughs> and you, do you do the cross-sections showing the internal organs and all that sort of thing? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you have a favorite organ? Because we had an internist over there who claimed that, I mean, in terms of aesthetic qualities, is there an organ that's... Uh, uh, that's... The brain. The brain. Is it, it's fun to draw? Yes. And do you draw it from memory? <laughs> Parts of it. Parts of it. Nice to meet you, sir. All right, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to play another round of the What Do You Know quiz. And in order to do that, we have to have people volunteer for it. And uh, it's uh, such a difficult. This, I've never seen more people volunteer to play a quiz than anywhere else in the world. This is going to be difficult. This is what? 
college students, uh, we have college students. It's nice to have college students, but it's, it's always, it's difficult to pick one person under these conditions. Uh, take my wife, I haven't heard that one in a long time. Yes, now how about, let's go right over here. Yes, what about you? You seem the most enthusiastic. Come on down this way, come through this entire aisle. Everyone stand up here now because she was standing on her toes and stretching the farthest of anyone in this auditorium. So I think she deserves it. You're good, you're good. You're good. It's, a, it's tough, it's a judgment call. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I, I hope you continue this enthusiasm. I will, definitely. Okay. What's your name? Susan. Susan, where are you from? Uh, Hattiesburg. Great. Nice to have you. Susan, give me one good reason you should play this quiz. Because I made it my goal that to be on the quiz today with you. How do you like that? And dreams do come true, ladies and gentlemen. Susan, come on down this way if you would. How are you with me? Susan, everybody, you know everybody. Everybody, Susan. Right down here if you would. Right up there. That's Jim Packer there, don't be afraid. Hi, Susan. Sit right there. Have a seat if you want. Alright, Susan. Now, why were you so determined to get on this quiz, Susan? Because I love your show. Oh. And I listen to it a lot. Well, isn't that nice? And I also like to be the center of attention. You do. <laughs> why don't we just sit here for a while and look at you? Everybody can see you pretty good. The spotlight is on her, and the band can play a little interlude while we focus on you. So you do, right? <laughs> Good. I gotta look around. Okay, why don't you look around and we'll come back and we'll play the quiz a little later. Uh, <laughs> Susan, we're going to try to uh, do this here today. And now, you, as a teacher, now do you teach a subject or do you teach all subjects? All of them. So you are well versed in every subject. Or you no, just... <laughs> I'm well versed in fifth grade level of all subjects. All right. <laughs> well, you're in luck because we are at a fifth grade level in this quiz and so we're, it's a tremendous advantage for you. Now, someone out there is going to call in and play along with you. And uh, Jim, what's that number again? That number is 601-353-0710. And that spells? It spells Eek0710. Eek0710. The question is, who was the only American president from Mississippi? If you know, give us a call here. 601-353-0710. Is that right, Jim? That's right. That's right. Eek. 0710. If you don't answer this question, give us a call here. Uh, we got Lisa on the line from Laurel. 
uh, Mississippi. Lisa, how are you this morning? Hello. Lisa, are you there? I guess not. I can't get through for some reason. Here I am. There she is. Hi, Lisa. I'm sorry. I didn't push the right button for you. Are you well, okay? I'm having a hard time understanding you. Uh, is it my accent? No, it might be mine. Oh, okay. Lisa, what do you do in uh, Laurel? I'm sorry. I still can't understand okay, you. Okay, Lisa. Who is the only American president from Mississippi? It would have to be Jefferson Davis. That's right, Jefferson Davis! Right off the bat. Lisa, can you hear me any better now? Enough. Okay, so just, we'll make it. just fake your end of the conversation, okay? And I'll <laughs> fake my end. Uh, that's pretty much how I converse anyway. Okay, Lisa, this is Susan. She's your partner here. Hi, Lisa. Quiz. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. How are you? I'm grand. Uh, and uh, Lisa, wh what do you do out there? I'm a travel agent. A travel agent. Okay. Any dealings with the White House? Uh, <laughs> they haven't gotten through yet. Okay. We have a possible position for you if the opening comes through. We're working on that. All right. Lisa and Susan work together on this, collaborate. And uh, Jim, what categories have we? We have current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends. Okay, uh, Lisa, why don't you pick the first one? Things you should have learned in school. Things you should have learned in school, all right. Uh, all right, honored in both verse and yarn, what is the practice of grabbling? Grabbling. Grabbling. Okay, I'm grabbling. I said grabbling. Just a second for an answer. Grabbling. Honored in verse. Yeah, well, this, well, that's just a stupid way of beginning this thing. But it, uh, the practice we're talking about here is called grabbling. Lisa, if you know have, what it is, I have no idea. Well, is it a sport? I, th I think you could speak of it as being a sport activity. Grabbling. Yes. Not grappling, but grabbling. Gra grabbling is how I've seen it. Yes, sometimes it's called grabbing, but also called grabbling. Grabs. Grabbling sounds better to me than grabbing. But it's a grabbing, a grabbing sport. It's a grabbing action. Sport that'll sport? grab you. Talk it over. Any idea, Lisa? Uh, rugby. In verse or yarn? I don't get it. No, well, forget that part, all right? <laughs> Failed attempt to be eloquent. Uh, it's a sport. Please, 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 please. Fishing. I think that's it, Lisa. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell okay. you what. I'll Wait, give you, I'll, I've got a guess. I'll give you a synonym for it. Noodling. Grabbling the catfish. Doodling is a synonym? And, and what does that mean, Lisa, I guess? Well, it's when you reach, you reach in and you get the catfish with your hand. That's right. Woo! Yes! Good job, Lisa. Yeah, also known as noodling, graveling, hand grabbing. Makes sense to any of you here? Have any of you done this? How many have actually grabbled? Oh, this gentleman never caught catfish. They're Look ugly out. fish. I don't want to touch one. Well, don't go grabbling then, because you pretty much got to touch them. Well done, Lisa. Do you put the stinky bait on your fingers first, or you? No, it's purely a grab thing. Okay, so I guess it does happen. That would be. I'd be one right, no wrong. Okay, very good. All right, uh, we're on a roll now. Excellent. Two more right, and you've won. Susan, over to you for one of these. Current events, people, places, science, or odds and ends? Um, odds and ends. Odds and ends. Let's see what it might be. Well, all right, another catfish question. I didn't mean to run two in a row here, but here it is. How much of the world's catfish comes from the world? 
Uh, the rest comes from Mississippi. So that's it. How much of the world's catfish comes from the world? Is it 10%, 20%, or 30%? Of course, they have catfish farms here. They All right. Well, them. Lisa, I mainly eat catfish. I don't really... I don't research it. She finished your sentence for you. That's what he said happens in the sun. That's what Willie said happens in the sun. That's really cool. That's really 10, cool. 10, 20, and 30 other choices? Yeah. So in other words, do 80% of the catfish right. come from... Uh... I got it. Okay, I got, I got it. it. Okay. Or 90 or 70. So 10%, well, 20%, how... or 30%. I'm not sure, Susan. I'm going to say... Well, I'm thinking the low end. Don't you think? Like 10%? From, the out, from outside of Mississippi? Mississippi produces 90% of all catfish in the world. You think yeah. that's, that's too high? What would you lower? What do you think, with, you think Mississippi produces? 80. 80%? You'd lower it somewhere to 80%. Seems like. Or maybe we should lower it to 70. I don't, are you sure you want to go that far with it? I think, I think 80. 80. I could see lowering it somewhat, but I but can't not, see... But I don't want to go overboard. I don't I would, know if I would lower it that much. Well, I, think we, I think maybe. we need to go with the 80. You don't want to go overboard and, and grab all this whole thing. I'm sorry, so you're saying? 80%? Woo! Yes! Or 20%. 20%. What is it? Uh, Belzona, is that right? Belzona is the catfish capital of Mississippi? Yes. Catfish festival, I guess it all it's comes good to eat. Okay. Uh, Two right and no wrong. Okay. Two right and no wrong. Let's uh, go back to Elisa for one of these. Current events, people, places, or science? Current events. Current events. Oh boy. Sure you want current events? No. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> what was the other, other categories there, Jim? Uh, they were people or places. People or places. Or you can have current events if you wanted. But... Places. Okay. Do I want that one? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I know who to blame for this one if it doesn't work out for you, though. Okay, uh, name one of the leaders honored on the four pedestals reserved for Mississippi statesmen in the capital, in Jackson. Lisa, I'm not from here, so... Um... This better be right, is all I can say. This is your fault, totally, if this is wrong. Name one of the leaders honored on the four pedestals reserved for Mississippi statesmen in the capital, here in Jackson. Okay. <laughs> Could it be LQC Lamar? His, his painting is up. We saw him in the old, uh, old uh, capital. Well, it might not be There him. are none? There are none is right. Congratulations. <laughs> How did you know that? There are none. We're sure they just have guns. What the heck? What a brilliant insight that was. How did you make that leap of faith? Oh, that was great. They're just vacant. They're vacant pedestals. So if you have a bus and you want to take it over there. Uh, you can rest it there in one of the four pedestals. Now, you've, you've, won the, you've won the quiz, and you can actually go away uh, fairly happy right now. But, Jim, what else could they do? They could go on, and they could try for the mother load. All they have to do is answer correctly two more questions from our two remaining categories. Let's do it, Lisa. Come on. Floor. Let's go. Mother load. And I will tell you, we have really quite a mother load, don't we? For We've this. got a wonderful We've one of our best mother loads. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The best of Mississippi. Yes. Go, go, I notice go. you don't call it the whole kielbasa down here. Not down here. No, not down here. Lisa, you going yes. for it? Come on, Lisa. Yes? Yes. Oh, absolutely. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. People or science? People, People or science? Don't they have current events, too, don't they? Well, they can still do current events. Yeah, okay. Yeah. They turned it down. Whose choice? Mine? Yes. 
people. People, all right. Grants, uh, people. Okay. All right, here's a question. Uh, would more people 65 and older or 18 to 24 retire if they had enough money? Now we're talking about two groups here, those over 65, 65 and over, and the other group is the people 18 to 24 were saying which of those groups would more likely to say they'd like to retire if they had enough money? The I eight, say the 18 to 24 year olds. I agree. That's right, 18 yeah! to 24 year olds. Twenty-nine percent of eighteen to twenty-four year olds would retire immediately at age I would. eighteen <laughs> if they had the money. Only fifteen percent of people sixty-five and older. But that's, how many actually do get to retire? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's just, that's a sad fact about being eighteen, isn't it? You can't retire. <laughs> you know. Four right, no wrong. Four right and no wrong. This is the deciding question. Uh, Lisa, are you ready for this? Uh, yes. Okay. What uh, what remains, Jim? Science or current events? I might not want current events, huh? I wouldn't, uh, but you know. I, <laughs> science, science is always a good choice. All right, this is a good chance in this one. Anyhow, which is drier, Jupiter or the Sun? Which is drier? In other words, would you have to mo moisturize more on Jupiter or on the Sun? Susan, I would. I, would, I think the Sun every needs moisturizer. Every goes for the Sun as an answer. I, now, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. The Sun. This is based on the Galileo's spacecraft that just you probably heard about in its explorations of uh, well the sun's on Jupiter. fire Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's surprising findings Wait, about the planet Susan, Jupiter. This is too simple. <laughs> uh, you read the about Galileo's Galileo uh, probe was uh, space probe. In, into Jupiter. Yeah. What would the, he know about, what would the probe know about the sun? That's, that's probably <laughs> nothing about the sun. <laughs> probably, so... Um, if, it was a, if it was a sun probe, it probably would have some conclusions about the sun, but it was... So, uh, Jupiter, I'm not sure, Jupiter but what probe. do you think we should go with, you know, maybe, what, Pretty Jupiter? Probe Jupiter. Right to, <laughs> Pretty much a probe right to Jupiter, this was, Galileo. Study, Jupiter. The study of Jupiter and its various... Okay, Jupiter we're going with Jupiter. Uh, you're saying... Jupiter. Jupiter. Jupiter is right. Jupiter yeah! is actually higher than the sun. They really got to humidify on uh, Jupiter. Or your wallpaper comes up. We got the mother load. Yes, you've won the mother load. Jim, what will they be taking home? Lisa, you're going to mix up a batch of black-eyed pea soup. That would have been the envy of Hernando de Soto himself from Mississippi Madness in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Then dazzle your dinner guests with your insight into everything from the pyramids to architecture with the book Instant Architecture by Eleanor Lynn Nesmith from Fawcett Columbine. You can follow the Natchez Trace with a gift package from Public Radio in Mississippi and Mississippi Educational Television's The Learning Store, including a handsome PRM cap and travel mug and a 1996 Mississippi Crossroads calendar, the quintessential guide to the outside. And you could waste your boss's time at the office reading Michael's Thanks for the memos from Peterson's Paysetter Books. For you, Susan, you've won a bodacious gift basket that includes the uh, Puroline wafers, toasted and rolled in chocolate, delicious butter cookies, and other sublime confections from the Duke Bucheler Corporation and in that other Madison, Madison, Mississippi. And then assume ownership of the perfect pet. It's our favorite feline friend, Earl the Dead Cat, comes with his own pinup poster. That's from Mad Dog Productions. Also, the Mississippi Natchez Trace gift package, including the calendar, the quintessential guide to the outside. Uh, sip your favorite beverage from flamenco guitarist Paco Pina's mug from Nimbus Records. And then note the remaining days of 1996 with the Wadia Knowledge desk calendar from Michael Feldman and Andrews and McNeil. Congratulations. Hi, Thank you. Here's a Sandra Bullock soap, too, from the oh, motel wonderful. there. 
Lisa. Thanks for playing. It. Thank you. Great that was job. fun. Nice to have you here. Lisa, hang on for just a second. Nice I'll talking to you. Will. Congratulations. Thank you. Once again, the What Do You Know Band. in part by the Mississippi Division of Tourism. For travel information on the South's warmest welcome, it's 1-800-WARMEST. Thanks to William Fulton and staff and members of Public Radio in Mississippi, David Nelson, Living Blues Magazine, Jim O'Neill, Malcolm White, Jack Stevens, Jerome Simpson, and the Mississippi Symphony. What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for Public Radio International, Michael Feldman, producer international, Chris Bannon, producer with assistance of Lyle Anderson, Diana Cook, and Debbie Milder, technical director Tom Blaine with sound mixing by Rick Kirkpatrick and Steve Colon. Next week back in Madison, Wisconsin, with another What Do You Know quiz and a salute to Emporia, Virginia. Well, thank you, Jim Packer, and thanks, Jackson, for having us here, having a great time. Thanks for your hospitality. It's been outstanding. Thanks, Mississippi. Come on down. See it. Support for What Do You Know with Michael Feldman comes from the members of this station and from other public radio stations across the country. For more information about What Do You Know, call 1-800-WA-NO or WAC now Monday through Friday. You can send your memos, questions, complaints, and fan mail to Michael Feldman, chair of What Do You Know, 821 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin, 53706. PRI, Public Radio International. I'm the very definition of ready. Here's the theme.
Hello there, I'm Peter Shickley, and this is Shickley Mix, a program dedicated to the proposition that all musics are created equal. Or is